329. Welcome in, everybody. It is the Monday edition. You've got Parker over at the uh, Ted Roof, Jeff Levy presser right now. He'll join us around uh, probably around 1235 today. So let's have a therapy session today uh, for the Sooner Nation. That was a tough one. That felt like a dagger, man, right in the gut, the Baylor loss. Uh, Some of the opportunities lost for Oklahoma. Baylor deserved to win the football game because the Sooners didn't make enough plays at crucial moments. And uh, when you look at this game over the weekend, it was really like the the self-inflicted wound Sooners. Five scoring drives of 75 yards or more, but you had five empty possessions in the game. You had the three picks, and I know a couple were tipped. One was a bad throw by Dylan Gabriel. You should have had a P.I. probably called on the one uh, intended for Braden Willis. But again, five empty possessions with the three picks. You can't convert a fourth down. You had a missed field goal, and it was a 55-yarder due to a penalty on Andrew Rame, who actually got called for two penalties on that play. So a makeable kick turns into a not-as-makeable kick of 55 yards. Zach Schmidt had the leg for it, but pulled it a little bit left. And again, there's another missed opportunity for Oklahoma. The defense got pushed around a lot, especially in the fourth quarter when it really mattered. Squirrel Williams was squirrel all over the place. 25 carries, 192 yards, uh, over seven and a half yards per carry in the game. Baylor was three of three on fourth down. We talked about it all week and during the pregame show that Baylor was going to go for it on fourth down. Dave Aranda is an analytics kind of guy. And 100% is what I see on fourth down for Baylor. That's going to win you some football games right there. Now, the last time the Sooners lost four games in a season, 2014, you look at some of the numbers, they look actually pretty good. I mean, the Sooners had 500 yards of total offense, right? But again, the three turnovers and really four if you uh, throw in the uh, failed fourth down that the Sooners had, which they didn't block up at all. Too much to overcome for a struggling uh, defense, especially. And the Sooners had a few stops, but not at critical times on Saturday. And, you know, so many times in the past, what have we seen from this Oklahoma football team when the defense struggles? They have another enough offense to overcome it. Uh, and they may have had enough offense on Saturday. But not when you turn it over like they did. So, congrats to Baylor. They deserved the win. Again, when they had to make the plays, Baylor did make the plays. The Sooners did not. Sometimes it's just that simple as the turnovers. Uh, And, again, making plays at crucial times in the football game. Oklahoma didn't get it done, and Baylor did get it done. You also don't have the old superstar quarterback bailouts anymore if you're Oklahoma. When you had Baker, when you had Kyler Murray – when you had Jalen Hurts, when you had Caleb Williams, you don't have that. You think this offense would be a little bit different with Caleb Williams under center or, you know, taking snaps for Oklahoma? Oh, yeah. I mean, he's he's going to be uh, in New York for the Heisman ceremony and might very well be the Heisman Trophy favorite right now. We know how that unfolded, how that went down. Nothing you can do about it. But now you look ahead to a West Virginia football team coming up this weekend. I know they're 3-6, and six, but they beat this Baylor team. Now, Baylor got a lot healthier on the offensive line. And, again, they've got four seniors up there. That's a good football team on both lines when they are healthy. So you've got at West Virginia Saturday. You have Oklahoma State for Bedlam. Cowboys, of course, did not play well 
Uh, you know, I thought Garrett Rangel did a decent job at quarterback, but again, Oklahoma State got run over in the run game as well. Cowboys are six and three, and then you finish the uh, regular season in Lubbock. You uh, you know, you get bowl eligible. You got to still win a football game. You run the table. You're eight and four. That's not up to Oklahoma standards again. But bouncing back from three and three, it doesn't look just like a total absolute failure. But there's no way anybody who's an Oklahoma football fan should be happy with eight and four. Um, and again, that would probably get you. You're looking at a spot in the guarantee, uh, guaranteed rate bowl in uh, Scottsdale or the Liberty Bowl in Memphis. All right, let's hear from Brent Venables. Here's the Sooner head coach Saturday talking about the loss to Baylor. Proud of our guys and the fight that they showed. Um, foundationally, it, it begins with that. And but we just weren't good enough today. Uh, you know, the discipline, the physicality when we had to get a stop, stop the run or convert, uh, you know, taking care of the football, maximizing or taking advantage of our opportunities when uh, forced to turn over. You know, we just didn't play complimentary football today. So, again, Baylor had something to do with that, and uh, but so did we. You know, and we lost all the critical areas uh, from a statistical standpoint that you got to win, you know. Uh, outrushing, uh, they outrushed us. They had, you know, less penalties than us. Uh, they had, they forced more turnovers. They were better on fourth down. You know, our guys, you know, will to win was there. And again, just timeliness and the precision and the timing that it takes. Uh, again, and the toughness that it takes at the at the right moments. Well, we got to do a better job helping them. We got to get our guys better at playing with the discipline that it takes to win. In the most inopportune times, we we were not at our uh, at our best, and they were. And that is our Ortho Central clip of the day. Ortho Central proud to welcome orthopedic surgeon uh, Joshua Wilson, MD, to their team. Dr. Wilson, specializing in sports medicine, is currently accepting new patients in Norman and in Newcastle. Call Ortho Central at 405 360 6764 for an appointment, appointment today. All right. Uh, so, again, for Oklahoma, that, that's how you're a 5 and 4 football team. That is a slightly above average. Four and four is average. You're slightly above average. And I know that's frustrating for Oklahoma fans everywhere because it felt, didn't it, Connor Pasby, feel a, a lot like the Kansas State game in missed opportunities and when you had to make that crucial stop, third and 16 on Adrian Martinez, you can't make that stop. Can't make the stop again when Baylor is, uh, you know, has the ball late. You get one stop, you got a chance to go and uh, and win the football game possibly. And it was, you can't yeah, do it. it. It was very similar. The penalties, not getting stops when you need it late in the game, especially in that fourth quarter. You have two third and downs to get off the field and get it back to your offense. You just can't. They're just more tougher and physical. Baylor was up front, and they could run the football. That's exactly what they did late in the game, and oh, you just couldn't stop it. Squirrel Williams, we were talking about Richard Reese. Richard Reese apparently had been dealing with the flu for a lot of the week, so he didn't get a lot of carries, but the squirrel man got loose against that Oklahoma defense. And again, uh, just frustrating because there there were times when Oklahoma made some stops. When they absolutely had to have a stop there in the fourth quarter, they could not get it done. So, again, um, this season has been crazy. We knew that it, it was going to be different with Brent. Everybody got excited when they get to uh, 3-0 and and the way they beat Nebraska. And then they got a reality check in the K-State game. And then, you know, they got punched in the mouth twice in Fort Worth and in Dallas. They come back. 
and you put a little winning streak together and you're starting to feel pretty good again. Uh, look, I think Baylor went healthy. Baylor is rounding into a pretty good football oh, team. Oh, yeah. They're, they're rounding into a pretty good football team. So they're, they're very solid on both sides of the ball, especially when Shapin is not turning the ball over and doing just enough, and especially when they have their run, running game going like they did in Norman. But that was still a game right there for the taking uh, for Oklahoma. And uh, can the Sooners run the table? Absolutely. They can go to Morgantown and win. They're favored by eight in this matchup. Oklahoma State's banged up. Who knows if Spencer Sanders is going to be ready to go when Bedlam rolls around. Uh, the Sooners, again, have the home field advantage in that game. And then they have to go to Lubbock. Lubbock might be the game that scares me the most left on that schedule. That Texas Tech team is a really scrappy team. That's what you saw in Fort Worth. They had many chances to, to kind of win that game. Well, and weird things happen in Lubbock, Texas, too. That'll be the last regular season game of the year. But, all right, here's what I want to do today, today, folks. Let's kind of have a therapy session. But I was thinking about, you know, we've got the election coming up, right? Tuesday, it's coming up tomorrow. Uh, yes, Tommy, we're going to talk about Colton Vosick. It's not looking good for Oklahoma. I did not see that. Colton did he Vosick do something on Twitter? scrubbed uh, his Oklahoma commitment picture off Insta. Oh, man. And nev- he doesn't have the sooner, he doesn't have OU commit on his Twitter profile anymore either. So, again, I, I never totally felt good about this situation. And, again, I think the, uh, the fact that, uh, you know, Texas is winning some games. That was a huge win for Texas in Manhattan over the weekend. Certainly didn't help Oklahoma's cause. But, yes, uh, Colton Vosick doesn't say, oh, you commit on his Twitter bio anymore. And his commitment picture has been deleted from Instagram. So, that I, 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 is I, not I, a good sign I, at all. I hate Social media, when players do that, when they take something off and it just starts a theory, like everyone's thinking, oh, he's not going to commit, or what is he thinking now? I just hate when I mean, guys that's a pretty, do that on social media. That's a pretty media. good indicator, though, that you're it not, is. if you're committed yes. to Oklahoma and you take that off your Twitter bio, right. that means you're probably not going to be committed to Oklahoma much longer. So we'll see what's going to happen there. Um, you know, and then you look at you know, the A&M lost again over the weekend. Uh, so what? They're three and six now. Maybe the Sooners can open the door for DJ Hicks again. Uh, Texas had a safety decommit today. Uh, Jeremy Johnson decommitted four-star safety. We'll ask Parker about that. Uh, the Sooners, if they lose Vosick, would uh, we were projecting they would drop to eight uh, in the national recruiting rankings if they lose the Vosick commitment. And it certainly looks like there's a chance that's going to be happening uh, very soon. So, you know, uh, this is uh, Oklahoma, again, was in a precarious situation with Colton Vosick as it was with all his links to that Longhorn program being a legacy there and everything. If you're winning football games, I, I would think right now if Oklahoma was, uh, you know, in there at 7-2 and two or 8-1, and one, you'd probably still have Colton Vosick committed. But it'll obviously be, it'll be, it'll be at 5-4, different... and four, uh, that is uh, – that's 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 a problem to keep some of these recruits, especially some of the uh, big time ones like Colton Vosick. Yeah, it'd be a different story if Texas was struggling as well, but they have not been. They've been picking up some big wins as of late. Well, and they've got TCU and DKR coming up this weekend, and uh, TCU is a seven point dog in that matchup. All right, Mike Steele along with Connor Pasby. It is Steel Man and Thune at noon. Parker will join us here uh, probably for the third segment around 1235. Want to thank Tim Lasher, Lasher Home Comfort Systems, for sponsoring our first hour, as he always does. Tim's great company is available to you, 405-579-3113. Heating and air issues, we're getting into that time now where that you, know, you need that heater, the furnace to be working. If you have any issues, give Lasher Home Comfort Systems a call at 405 405- 579 3113.
13. All right, break time right here. When we get back, we'll talk a little more recruiting and, again, look ahead to the uh, final three games for Oklahoma. I want you to, uh, since we have the, the election tomorrow, give me, like, your current State of the Sooners address right now, 405-651-3439 in the Air Comfort Solutions text line, 405 651 34 39. Give me a short, your short state of the Sooners address right now. If you want to do that or whatever you want to do, just hit us up on the Air Comfort Solutions text line. All right, break time. Underway on a Monday, Steel Man and Thune in the home of Sooner fans, the ref. Monday. Welcome back. Parker will be joining us here in about uh, probably 15, 20 minutes tops over at the uh, Ted Roof Jeff Levy presser today. Air Comfort Solutions text line 405-651-3439. I see that Parker now has put in a crystal ball for Colton Vosick to the uh, Longhorns. And, uh, yeah, the news started to spread that Colton Vosick had – uh, scrubbed the, his OU commitment picture off of Instagram and uh, taken OU commit off his Twitter bio. And that obviously is not a good sign. Uh, Jamel Johnson, a four-star safety out of Arlington, did decommit from Texas uh, earlier today or over the weekend. So, again, the Longhorns lose one, but it looks like they are going to get Colton Vosick, and that could be happening at uh, any moment. So, not uh, not a good situation for Oklahoma. 405-613-64. Wait, wait, wait. I'm, why am I reading that text line? My bad. <laughs> he but, says, no problem. We'll beat his ass four straight years. <laughs> well, you better, you better make some improvements. There's no doubt. And here's kind of the, uh, the depressing situation with this Oklahoma football team. And, again, I think the Sooners have a good chance to to win out and finish eight and four. But again, eight, eight and four in Oklahoma is not good enough. You know, you can play that clip from Brent. Not good enough. It's not good enough. But uh, you know, seven and five <clears throat> would really be. Uh, yeah, that's that's just uh, look. Eight and four is going to leave a, a sour taste in your mouth. Seven and five is like for me Brussels sprouts, which I can't stand. <laughs> but you know, how much better can it get next year? Again, the portal is going to be very important. Do you have some kids? You know, look, even the the best freshman in this class coming in, guy like Derek LeBlanc, could he could he play some? Could he go out and dominate as a freshman? Unlikely. Might be a pretty good player for you. But how much better can it get next year? We'll have to wait and see. I think it will, just understanding the system. But it's not like 
I would look at Oklahoma next year and say, oh, yeah, 11-1, and one, Big 12 championship game. You know, they've, they've got a lot of steps to take, man. They really do. And, and uh, I, I mean, I think, I think some of those young guys can play right away next year, especially if you do have four-star, five-star defensive linemen. They have every right to get in there and play right away as a freshman. Well, yeah, you know, you would think uh, we'll see. I, I would think maybe somebody, if they get like Peyton Bowen to flip, and again, Notre Dame beat Clemson over the weekend. I know that Parker said, you know, Peyton Bowen's not going to Notre Dame, and he, maybe he still won't go to Notre Dame. But that certainly had to uh, enhance Notre Dame's chances the way they took care of business uh, with Clemson over the weekend. But, it, but if you've got a guy like Peyton Bowen coming in, maybe playing at safety next year alongside Billy Bowman or something would be more likely, in my opinion. I'm not saying like Derek LeBlanc, or certainly if they if they got DJ Hicks, then there's a guy that could play from day one, and, and maybe Derek LeBlanc would be a guy that could play from day one. But I would see him coming in and maybe playing some for Oklahoma next year. All right, uh, 405 from the 405. Steelman, 7-4 Brussels sprouts. Add some bacon to them, and 7-4 and will be much better. Everything is better with bacon. I don't know if bacon could improve Brussels sprouts for me. It's just the smell, no, man. Yeah. If something smells bad, I can't eat it, man. And Brussels sprouts to me, my nose doesn't agree with Brussels sprouts. I don't think they ever should have sprouted, in my opinion, but that's just me. It's Yeah, it's got to smell good in my nostrils for me to – Eat that. If it smells bad, no thanks. I'm not doing that. All right. From the 918, they need some transfers as well to mix in, but I'd play a lot of young dudes and take my lumps. Yeah. Transfer portal is going to be big. And, uh, you know, I, somebody said earlier, uh, it was I think it was a text earlier in the day, that, you know, Brent uh, doesn't seem to be, you know, super fired up about the portal. Well, they, what, they took 13 guys last year. They took 13 guys. And believe me, if you finish 7 and 5, you know, 7 and 5, uh, you know, you still have to get one more win out of these three to get bowl eligible. If you're going to the guaranteed rate bowl, or if you're going to Memphis for the Liberty Bowl, you got to get one more win. But you need help, and you need it in a hurry, and the transfer portal could provide that. Clearly, look what Muleshoe's doing right now. I mean, that's all portal stuff because he built, obviously, a really good offense with a tremendous quarterback. Caleb Williams is playing great. Uh, you add the Bolitnikoff Award winner from Pitts, you know, and Jordan Addison. You add Travis Dye from Oregon. You add Mario Williams. What they're doing is doing what he did at Oklahoma. Their defense, Alex Grinch's defense, still stinks, but they've got enough offensive playmakers, and they don't shoot themselves in the foot as much as Oklahoma does. Plus, they just have more playmakers than OU, bottom line. Well, and that, that, whole, that whole offense is transfer portal guys. Nothing on the defense. It's just offense. I mean, you won't find a better trio of portal guys than the trio of Caleb Williams, Travis Dye, Jordan Addison. I mean, <laughs> nothing's close to that. And that's why USC, you know, won over Cal, and Cal made a run at them over the weekend, but they went 41-35. to Okay. Uh, Doug from Norman is here. What's the what's up with the physicality we were promised in the Bodies by Schmitty campaign? That's all we heard the entire offseason when the previous regime was constantly mocked as kettlebell softies. Uh, we are getting pushed around on both sides of the ball like a junior high girls team. That never happened uh, with uh, – that never happened walk on water with Lincoln Riley teams. Maybe just because a coach previously coached at OU, they don't walk on water. Well, look, the jury is very much out on Brent. I think he's going to get it turned around. I, you know, I, Just because you're a great coordinator doesn't mean you're going to be a great coach. But they've got to give him more, more time. You could see 
you could hear and sense the frustration with Brent. I mean, he was kind of like at wit end, wit's end, you know. A little more testy than normal. I don't blame him, man. You're trying to put these guys in the right place, and a lot of times they don't wind up in the right place on a lot of these plays. They're still making mistakes that shouldn't be happening this late in the season when you're in uh, in game number nine. But, look, that that's on the coaches. That's The players have to go out and execute it. I get that. But the coaches have to find a way to get this message to sink in with these guys because it should be sinking in more nine games into the season. Well, it, and it, it the, is weird. It is weird not to see them being very physical with – yeah, all the talk with Schmidt coming in. I know other teams have strength and conditioning coaches too, but Schmidt is one of the best in the business, and it's just odd to see OU not having that toughness and physicality in the trenches. Well, and to me, again, is it going to be better with Jerry Schmidt as the strength and conditioning coach? Yes, I think it will be. We're not seeing dividends right now. We're not seeing results right now. Um, you know, Baylor's offensive line is really good. They've gotten healthier than they've been all year. And they've got four seniors up front. And the Sooners couldn't stop them when they had to. But I do think that Oklahoma will become a more physical football team. I think a lot of this, again, is the players in the system. I think Ethan Downs has had a disappointing year. I think Danny Stutzman has been very inconsistent. We're talking about those guys as potential superstars, right? But the scar tissue from previous seasons and particularly when things go bad for the Oklahoma defense, you can see them just questioning things. And you can see, you know, I'm not saying the fight is gone, but I think they're out of place just too much in this system. Uh, Kendall says, uh, Dan Lanning, Sonny Dykes, et cetera, aren't having year one issues. Well, you know, I think the rosters, TCU's roster is a veteran roster. Max Duggan's playing out of his mind. You've got – you know, a tremendous NFL receiver in Quentin Johnston. Dan Lanning, again, quarterback play. Bo Nix has been unbelievable. Bo Nix had never played at that level before, no doubt. But, yeah, I mean, you have to look at what Sonny Dykes is doing, and he had a very, you know, above-average record in coaching. Uh, well, and and Dykes, Dykes has the experienced group. Like you said, a lot of juniors, seniors who – have played a lot of football at TCU. They've been in situations like this. Max Duggan is, what, 24, 25? He's played a lot of football. Yeah, and uh, but look, the results haven't been what we expected, and uh, we, we definitely probably overrated this roster going into the season, no doubt. Hand up right here. I was one of them, no question. Pleading guilty right here, but... I didn't expect that it would be this big of a learning curve for these guys. I think the offensive line's playing really good. Unfortunately, Anton Harrison's playing so good, you're probably not going to be able to keep him, right? No, he's good. Yeah, he keeps uh, racking up his draft stock. Oh, yeah, first round, late first round, second uh, round draft pick for Harrison. The problem, <clears throat> the problem with this team, again, is their margin for error is so small. And – you know, the defense, again, uh, just wasn't good enough uh, over the weekend, no doubt. Uh, you know, you get one turnover, the Billy Bowman pick. But, again, when they had to make the stops, they couldn't get it done on fourth down. And, uh, you well, know, the margin for error, the offense almost in that situation has to play a near-perfect game, and they weren't close to that. 
That's how you get the L. Well, and you, that's you, how you get to five and four. You get that interception from Bowman, but two plays later, you give it right back. Yeah. You just can't yeah, have that. No doubt. All right. Uh, it's a rough Monday for Sooner fans. Uh, from the 405, name a player on this D that starts in the Boz teams. Uh, probably zero. I would go zero, too, as well. And it, look, I got a lot of respect for Billy Bowman and Jalen Redman and Deshaun White. For the most part, has been playing pretty solid football, but they're not, they're not starting in front of – any of those guys on the 85, uh, Bosworth, Tony Casillas, Kevin Murphy, Daryl Reed, Ricky Dixon team. Nobody's nobody's breaking in that lineup. And maybe, maybe uh, you know, you have uh, Billy Bowman splitting time with Sonny Brown or something like that. But I, uh, those guys, they could play some defense. It was a different era for defenses, too. You didn't have to, you know, defend as much of the field as you do now. But still, I don't think anybody on this team would start on that squad. All right, break time. Parker is here. We'll talk about the Colton Vosick situation. That is not good. Yes, USC did get a lot of uh, portal commits on the defensive side of the ball, too. But like I said, those three on offense with Caleb Williams, Travis Dye, Jordan Addison, you add Mario Williams to the mix. That's pretty good. That is pretty good. good because the defensive results at SC, the only thing that SC's been able to do is generate turnovers, which 14. N- never happened for Alice Grinch. Now, eventually it has slowed down for SC, but particularly earlier in the season, they were getting three or four a game, and a lot of those were like pick sixes, you know, fumbles by the opposition down at, you know, inside the uh, USC 10 yard line. They were huge game changing turnovers. All right. We, ladies and gentlemen, are going to break right here. Thanks to Lasher Home Comfort Systems for uh, sponsoring our first hour. Steelman and Thune with you here on the home of Sooner fans, the Ref Radio Network. We're coming right back. back that is a sly smile on the face of parker thune it's a smile of disappointment if there is such a thing perhaps <sighs> yeah when is the announcement coming do we know you've crystal balled uh, colton bossick to the longhorns we know, we kind of thought this day was going to happen uh yeah when you see the bio on twitter it doesn't include oh you commit you see that he's Commitment picture, you know, the edits is not on Insta anymore. Yeah. Something's up. You sound like Rain Man over there. You all right? Am I all right? In a general sense, yes. Hey, you've got, you got a Tom Petty shirt on, so you're I winning excited? the day already. I, I mean, yes, there's that. But 
Am I excited to deal with the Air Comfort Solutions text line for the next two and a half hours? Not particularly. Okay, so uh, when did the uh, the word start leaking out? Was it over the weekend? Did the, and then I mean, they, look, he didn't visit this weekend, right? right? And, and we, he was we supposed thought, to. We thought that could be a problem, and guess what? That that was a problem. So if Vasek commits, uh, the Texas lost uh, Jamel Johnson today, decommitted, right, the uh, four-star safety. Yeah. So uh, Oklahoma, I think, moved up to six, or are they at seven now? Uh, I, I don't know. Anyway, but if Texas gets Vasek, guess what? They leapfrog Oklahoma again, and we're looking at Oklahoma probably dropping to eight or nine in the national rankings. Now the problem is, you know, you're concerned, and, and we talked about this, the more you take these L's, man, that makes it more difficult to keep everybody together in this class. So now you spring a leak with Colton Vosick. Does it make any difference at all that Peyton Bowen saw Notre Dame beat Clemson? Does it make a difference? No, because I still like I Notre Dame beating Clemson does not change my impression of the Peyton Bowen recruitment as things stand. And I don't see any reason why it would, right? I, one win. And it would be crazy to make, win, make a decision would, on one win. Exactly. Yes. One win does not dictate the outcome of a recruitment in general. Right. right? And there are exceptions. But it's always kind of felt like Peyton Bowen and Notre Dame were destined to go their separate ways. And he took the visit anyway. And my thought heading into the visit weekend with Peyton Bowen at Notre Dame was, however this turns out, Nothing changes in my eyes. And still, nothing has changed in my eyes. I don't think Peyton Bowen's going to stick it out with Notre Dame. I still do not believe that to be the case. Okay, so uh, the Vosick situation is coming. It's just a matter. It's not uh, if, it's when for Colton Vosick. Um, what what do we think is happening for Oklahoma there? Where do they go? They've got P.J. Atabare, who's a five-star kid. Uh, they've got Derek LeBlanc committed. Tessilia Kana now becomes even bigger. Yeah, but Tessilia Kana isn't a Colton Vosick. Like, those two are very, very different players. Vosick was a guy that was going to put a hand in the dirt and be a menace as a pass rusher. And he will be that for Texas, assuming this flip comes to pass. <laughs> and he's going to be, to borrow a uh, to borrow a term from Brent Venables, he's going to be hell on wheels against Oklahoma for three, four, five years to come, uh, if indeed he does end up flipping to Texas here soon. I, look, this isn't the type of player that you just find a one-for-one -one replacement for because I firmly believe that by the end of the cycle, Vosick's going to be a top 100 guy. Uh, the skills are the, – the entire skill set that Vosick has is just special. And – You've seen it thus far on his senior tape. You've seen how dominant he's been and how he can impact a game in so many different ways. I I don't know where Oklahoma goes from here. I think a viable option would be to continue to press Jordan Allen, the three-star Kansas State commit. And Oklahoma, I will say this, they're open to him playing either side of the ball. They think he can be a Power 5 football player at a place like the University of Oklahoma on either side of the ball. So even though... They were initially pursuing him as a tight end, even though Joe John Finley has been the main point of contact. It also feels like that might be an option that is on the table to try and replace what you lose, uh, potentially, 
in Colton Vosick is you just take Jordan Allen, slot him at the edge. And then maybe you have an answer, uh, you know, in the portal also, like Jacob Lacey. Is that uh, is he a guy that could wind up at Oklahoma? Left Notre Dame? Interior guy, not yeah. an edge. So, I mean, that's – to me, that's another guy in the mold of, a you know, Jordan Kelly, Jeffrey Johnson. Not super physically impressive. He's only about six foot two, 285, but he's played a lot of ball, uh, played some good ball at Notre Dame. And if the Sooners do get Jacob Lacey, which I think they're in the driver's seat to do, um, I'll say this much uh, – it alleviates some of the concerns about depth on the interior next year at the very least, but it really doesn't move the needle for me, at least in terms of generating a pass rush, which is something that is glaringly absent for Oklahoma right now. Yeah. And as you look at the class that they're about to bring in, as things stand, there is one guy and one guy alone who PJ. has the potential to make an immediate impact, and that would be P.J. Adamare. Yeah. Uh, from the 918, is David Hicks talking to Texas? Is he talking to Texas? Yes. Do I buy into Texas being a serious contender in that recruitment? No, not at all. Even if Colton Vosick, aren't they fairly close? They're friends. I know because when uh, DJ Hicks picked Texas A&M, committed to Texas A&M, who was it who had the broken heart emoji? Colton Vosick, right? So uh, we'll see what's going to happen. I guess we now know what the Caleb Hicks tweet was. The Caleb Hicks tweet. Did I miss something there? Caleb Hicks tweeted out, uh, it just said, man. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's accurate. It's a pretty accurate encapsulation of everybody's feelings today. Uh, Another listener says, if you are a recruit who is undecided, what is happening on our defense that would entice you to come and be a part of that? Playing really early? Yeah, playing early. <laughs> I mean, that's about it. Yeah. That's about it right now. Yeah, I mean, in terms of, look, that again, this was, this felt like the, the dagger loss right here, you know, for Oklahoma. Because, again, you win this game, I really think of Oklahoma – Won this game over the weekend. I think they would have run the table, finished up 9-3. and three, And, uh, again, you go to a pretty decent bowl game. You have some momentum. Now, you can get some of that back by winning out. But, you know, are, are you confident that this Oklahoma football team can run the table, even against West Virginia, OSU, and Tech? I don't know. I'd probably go 2-3 of three right now, personally, which would get you to 7-5. and five. Can they? Yes. But, again, they've been their own worst enemy in too many of these games, too. So, um, it's like watching the fall of the Roman Empire. Yeah, well, I would venture to guess that if the Sooners pull off a flip of Peyton Bowen and a flip of David Hicks, it's all going to come out in the wash in the end. But still, if you lose Vosick, it hurts. Yeah. Right? It does oh, Yeah, absolutely. that's a really good football player. We're not talking about a Caleb Spencer where everybody's just like, yeah, you know what, whatever, we'll find somebody else. Can't really do that with a guy like Colton Vosick. Yeah, Vasek again. Uh, Parker is crystal balled Colton Vasek to Texas, and uh, Colton Vasek took uh, the OU commit off his Twitter bio, and also took his uh, edits, his picture, his OU commitment picture off Insta. So once again, Gary and Bixby says, "Come on, Steely, don't be a boomer doomer." Well, look, can they can they win all three of those games? Yes, if they play better football. 
Yes, particularly with Oklahoma State's injury issues. They should. But if you ask me to put money on it, somebody said right now, Steely, you want to put 1000 bucks on Oklahoma winning their three remaining games? I'm not touching that. Now, again, two or three, I, I probably would take that. But uh, sweeping, you know, these last three games, that uh, that is uh, something that I'm not real comfortable with right now. We'll see. All right, is that Boomer Doomer? I don't think that's quite Boomer Dooner. That's that's more Boomer Realist, in my opinion. The Boomer Doomers would say five and seven. Every commitment's going to decommit. You might you might get lucky to get half of this recruiting class. To me, that's the Boomer Doomer. So anyway, yeah. all right, four zero five six five one thirty four thirty nine. Let's take a real quick break here. You're lighting up the Air Comfort Solutions text line. Uh, that's going to be a lot of this show today. You guys venting and us trying to answer your questions, and you have a lot of them. So we're going to get to as many as we can here on Steel Man and Thune at noon on the home of Sooner fans, the Ref Radio Network. We're coming right back. There we go. A uh, little nobody's fault but mine. Very underrated uh, Zeppelin tune there. Riverwind Casino, always rated as the number one casino experience in the metro area. Over 2,800 electronic games, all your favorite table games. They have a tremendous big-time poker room, best bars and dining. Coop Ale House Bar is right there in the middle of the uh, gaming floor. It's awesome. River Buffet, of course, is tremendous. Steak night on Friday, seafood night Saturday, great brunch on Sunday. Chips and Ales Pub Restaurant is big time. They've got some great promotions happening now in November, like the Electric Earnings promotion now through November 26th. If you earn 500 points on your Riverwind wild card, you're going to receive a new pair of JBL Wireless earbuds now through November 26th. Get out there and earn 500 points on your wild card. And let's not forget about Bedlam Beats and Bites. It's coming up Friday night, November 18th, the Bedlam Beats and Bites outdoor show featuring Eli Young, the Eli Young Band, and Wade Bowen. Tickets are 5 bucks at the box office and at Riverwind.com. Under the stars on a November night with all those great food trucks. Bring your folding chairs. Bring the kids. It'll be a great time. Bedlam Beats and Bites, Friday night, November 18th. Again, get online at Riverwind.com. Get your ticket or tickets. They're only 5 bucks each. Or you can go to the box office right there at the casino. All right, 405-651-3439. Uh, what is this... Uh, uh, Jamil Johnson kid doing? Well, I, I don't know. He's not coming to OU if that's what you're he's asking. Not, he's not an OU prospect at no. all. I mean, it, 
OU offered him. OU has been recruiting him. Jay Valai has been recruiting him, but I don't expect him to end up at Oklahoma. Uh, one listener says, replace Vosick with Steely's Amish guy. David or D- Donnie Deuteronomy, the uh, Amish pass rushers. They're fictitious, of course. But, Were they the yeah. ones that played barefoot? No, that or, was, no, that was that Zach was, No, Zach Rylevitikus was later. That was Zeb McCracken. He was the barefoot runner gotcha, gotcha, from gotcha. West Virginia. Okay. Okay. Uh, from Sean, OU fan who was so confident and vocal last summer on social media, and the radio sure demands a lot of affirmation from radio hosts, other fans, and media to maintain the facade. I'm, I'm, I'm confused as to that text. Do, 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 do. Yeah, I don't know. I, I don't. Hmm. Um, I'm. That's a little, maybe a little too inside for me, or maybe I'm just too old and stupid to know what he's, Sean's talking about there. One listener says, "Hate to lose Colton because Grimes and Downs are not that good." Look, I. Here's the deal. Like, I think Grimes and Downs are good football players. I don't think there's a dearth of talent there. I can't figure out why they're not being productive. Because we've seen moments from them in the past. Ethan Downs had a really good true freshman season. And look, I I, I get that Grimes is a junior. But actually, he's got the COVID bonus year. So both of these guys have two years of football ahead of them. Right? It's not like they've hit their productive peak and are on the downslope. Right? There's still room for them to improve. There's still room for them to increase their production. There's still room for them to do more and sharpen their skills in the offseason, and I have no doubt that they will. But, yes, you are correct. Losing Colton Vosick hurts because Vosick was the type of guy that could have walked in day one in Norman and at the very least made an impact in a rotational capacity. Ethan Downs has had a disappointing year by the standards maybe we placed on him. Maybe they were too high. I'm not saying he can't play. I think he can. But do you think some of that has just been the new system? Maybe the three-man front, they run a lot. But, and again, I'm not saying that Ethan Downs doesn't have talent. I think he does. But, uh, you know, he hasn't quite lived up to expectations this year. Okay, uh, let's see. Somebody asked about Anthony Evans. Are we losing Anthony Evans, too? No, I don't think we're losing Anthony Evans, too. Hmm. He was in Athens, as we talked about, over the weekend. And that was a beatdown Georgia put on Tennessee. It, it felt a lot worse than 27-13, uh, to 13, right? But, man, Georgia, Kirby Smart has it rolling. And you can win games with defense. Who would you rather have at quarterback, Stetson Bennett or Dylan Gabriel? I mean, I'm not saying it's, a, it's an automatic, but it's – it's not like Stetson Bennett. Look, I've got a lot of respect for him because he played so well in the national championship game last year. And clearly, he's a heck of a leader. But Stetson Bennett isn't an elite quarterback. But when you've got a defense like Georgia does and uh, you play sound football and don't beat yourself, you're pretty good. And uh, Georgia's the program in the SEC right now. Yeah, they are. And it's pretty unquestionable at this yeah. point. Yeah. Um, Listener in the 918 says, Parker, do you think Vasek is 100% UT, or do you think he could possibly take an official to Tech? Correct me if I'm wrong, but wasn't he supposed to visit Tech before he decided to commit? He was, but that was unofficial. He's already taken all five of his official visits, including one to Texas Tech. So, no, I at this point, I expect Colton Vasek to be a Longhorn. And that's that. <laughs> 
<laughs> this is probably sarcastic, but this text says, Keon Brown gone as well. Evan's still locked in after the Georgia thing. Josiah Wagner still coming. Yeah, apparently, like, apparently losses are enough to torpedo an entire class, Steely, which uh, the fortunate side of uh, the coin in that regard is that Alabama's about to lose their entire class, so all those guys will be back on the market. Yeah, the, well, yeah, they lost to LSU. They'll lose at, lose at least half the class, right? Bosick to Oregon, you still think it's Texas, though? Yeah, I, no. Yeah. It's, I and that's it's what I always thought, um, you know, was going to happen in the end. I, I just that's, that's a lot of pressure, man, and with that legacy. Now, again, Parker, if Oklahoma right now, Sean, I'll get back to your text here in a minute, maybe at the first of the hour. But uh, if Oklahoma right now is 8-1 and one rather than 5-4, and four, where do you think Colton Vosick would be committed? You think it would make a, make a difference? It's hard to say. It's hard to say. I think Oklahoma would have a whole lot more compelling case to keep him around if that were the case. Yeah, no doubt. All right, we got a lot of texts rolling in. Keep them rolling in on the Air Comfort Solutions text line, 405-651-3439. This is going to be a Sooner Therapy Monday session is what we're going to do here. All right? Keep the text coming in. We're going to get to as many as we can. That does it for hour number one. Maybe some awards in hour number two. I don't know. Probably not. But we'll find out next. Keep it here on The Ref. All right, we are back, ladies and gentlemen. Hour number two here on uh, Steel Man and Thune. And I uh, hope you had a good weekend. I know Sooner fans had, uh, had, had an issue with Saturday. Wasn't the result they were looking for. But the sun came up on Sunday morning. Believe it or not, uh, Oklahoma, West Virginia coming up this weekend, 11 a.m. on FS1. Sooners an eight-point favorites. How about the Longhorns and TCU 630 on ABC coming up? How about, by the way... Parker Thune, over the weekend, Tanner Mordecai with nine touchdown passes in SMU's win over Houston, 77-63. He also had a rushing touchdown. So, ten total touchdowns. Ten total on the TDs. evening for Tanner Mordecai. Ten Tutty Tanner. That's his new nickname. <laughs> 130 points scored in a regulation college football game. Dash. Wait, is my math even correct? No, my math is not correct. 140 points. It's like the days of the old run and shoot back in the day with uh, Andre Ware and David Klingler. And I think, uh, didn't Houston score like 94 against somebody back back during the run and shoot days? I'd have yeah, to, I'm sure they did. I'll have to go ahead and Google it up. All right. Um, hour number two presented by the Seth Wadley Auto Group at Paul's Valley. And again, they'll do a great job for you. If you're looking for a vehicle, whether it's new, used, you know, car, truck, SUV, pre-owned, they have a great selection. Selection is kind of difficult for a lot of dealers right now, but not at the uh, Seth Wadley Auto Group. 
So check them out, Exit 72 in Paul's Valley, and you have that uh, tremendous uh, feeling uh, making a purchase there because you have the great guarantee of oil changes and engines for life on newer used gas or diesel. Add no additional cost to you. All right, uh, is Sean's text still there? He was explaining, I think, what he was uh, trying uh, okay, to say earlier. Okay, we got okay, so okay, many Sean. coming in. We're trying to find it, Sean. There it is. Mike was partly referen- referencing the person who called you a boomer doomer and the like. The don't want to hear it's not all going well. They the I I can't really tell what that text says. I got you. I got you. Okay. Yeah. I got you, Sean. Uh Parker, who do you see as early enrollees? The majority of this class is gonna early enroll. I'm trying to think offhand of the guys that aren't. Uh Lewis Carter is not early enrolling. Samuel Masigo is not early enrolling. Two linebackers. Yes. Um, Cade McIntyre is not early enrolling. He can't. Uh, basically, anybody that goes to a private or religiously affiliated high school can't early enroll in most cases. Uh, so just pay attention to where these guys go to high school, and that'll generally give you a pretty good indication. But more often than not, the guys that can early enroll do because it does help out to be able to be in the system uh, for a spring, be able to get another few months of workouts in, at that level, and that'll ease the transition. Now, in some cases, you get a guy that just shows up in June and dominates anyway, a la R. Mason Thomas, Danny Stutzman as well. Uh, but in general, you see the guys that show up in January as opposed to the guys that show up in June uh, that tend to get on the field and make an early impact a little bit sooner. All right, 405-651-3439. That is 405-651-3439. Uh, Shark says 94 against SMU after the death penalty. There you go. Yeah, I thought because the Houston Cougar did all those push-ups back in the day, and I remember him having to complete 94. Okay, long text here. Everybody's complaining about Oklahoma's defense when the offense had three t- turnovers and a turnover on downs. We still only lost by three, or could have been ten if that guy didn't take a knee at the end. That guy, of course, being Squirrel Williams on the breakaway run. But still, with all the turnovers and miscues on offense, Baylor should have beat us by three touchdowns or more, but they didn't. Defense didn't play great, but they're getting better. They're learning how to play defense. Uh, The last few years has just been mindless football. There's nothing to it. There's no meat on the bone. They're having to learn how to actually play real defense, cut them some slack, and give them a break. And look, I here. Here's where I stand. I guess I really haven't had the opportunity to give my overarching evaluation of what happened on Saturday. To me, what happened on Saturday, Steely, really solidifies what kind of football team Oklahoma is in 2022. Because we still were kind of unsure, right? And most of that had to do with the fact that the two blowout losses that the Sooners experienced at the front end of Big 12 play were a game where Dylan Gabriel was out for most of the game and a game where Dylan Gabriel was out for all of the game. And so I needed to see Oklahoma play an opponent like Baylor that's physical and sound on both sides of the ball to really get an idea of where they stack up. And look, Oklahoma's a good team in 2022. They're not a great team, and that's just where they are. They'll go to a bowl. They'll probably win two of their last three and go play in the famous Idaho Potato Bowl or something. I don't know, and- Parker. Is Oklahoma a good team, though, when you shoot yourself in the foot that many times? Here's the way I look at it. I think they're uh, an above-average team. An average team is 4-4, four and four, right? They're 5-4. and four. So I think that they're an above-average football team. Now, if they you know finish out, win three games, you're at 8-4, and four, then you know, you're making progress. And the problem is I, 
you know, I I hear some people say, well, the talent's just not there at Oklahoma. They still recruited some good players. Now, I know you lost Caleb. You lost, uh, you know, a lot of other guys who left for the portal uh, as well. You know, you, you Jaden Hazelwood, Patrick Fields, uh, Mario Williams. You also lost uh, a pretty good group of players to the NFL, right? I mean, when you talk about Nick Benito and Isaiah Thomas and Perrion Winfrey and Brian Osamoah, and DTY, who was great, great interview, by the way, Saturday. And then you, you've lost a lot of guys, but you're still Oklahoma. You know, I think more than anything else, I'm not saying this is a great roster, but it's a good roster. And they just, uh, they just, they are just a team that doesn't make enough plays. And, look, and they implode is, at crucial times. And this is what I said over the weekend on the Under the Visor podcast. I'll kind of rehash this exact same thought here because. Uh, This is the way I see it for Oklahoma in 2022. The difference between this program right now and the team that they trotted out onto the field in 2021 is not substantial. You think about that 2021 season, there were six, seven wins that Oklahoma had that easily could have gone the other way. Oh, yeah. Very easily. Brent, a few weeks ago, you know, kind of talked about that. Now, here's the difference, and here's why they won 11 games in 2021. And they're not going to sniff 11 wins in 2022. The key difference is that in 2021, you had a handful of elite football players who also had a killer instinct and a want to, to go make a play in a close game to swing the outcome. Guys like Caleb Williams and Nick Benito, Delarian Turner-Yell, etc. Those guys are gone. And a handful of those guys, Steely, can be the difference between a three-point loss and a three-point win. A handful of those guys are the difference between a mediocre team, mediocre to above-average team, and a great team. And another handful of guys on top of that, that's the difference between a great team and an elite team. So, I don't think Oklahoma's all that far off from where they were in 2021, but that one difference is very, very crucial especially when you get into situations like you did against Kansas State and again this past weekend against Baylor where it gets down to crunch time and you have to have a play made. And in both of those occasions, in both of those football games, Oklahoma hasn't had anybody that's been able to step up and make that play. Yeah, and and Caleb Kelly in the Texas game too, you know, just stripping the football on the kickoff. And they don't have the quarterback savior. I think Dylan can be good. He's a a good quarterback he's not a great quarterback he certainly wasn't uh, as good as you know uh, he can be on Saturday a couple of those balls were tipped I get it and look even the, the quarterback savior a year ago Caleb Williams had some issues he, he got benched in the Baylor game right Spencer Rattler came in but you've also got Caleb Williams tearing it up at USC and uh, you know they beat Cal over the weekend I was talking about you know Jordan Addison and Travis Dye and uh, they haven't had Jordan Addison now for like two or three games right yeah he went down in the Utah game and they didn't have Mario Williams last week either but Caleb Williams is uh, you know he's right up there uh, with the, uh, the the favorites in the Heisman race right now, the way he's playing. And C.J. Stroud with Ohio State only putting 21 on Northwestern over the weekend. And, uh, and Caleb had another big game in there, went over Cal. All right, uh, 405-651-3439. Uh, the news today, and just in case you're joining us, Parker has crystal balled Colton Vosick to Texas and didn't make the trip over the weekend. 
You guys always talked about, you know, follow the visits. Colton Vosick didn't yeah, make it to Norman yeah. over the weekend. <laughs> and the visits led straight to Daryl K. Royal Memorial Stadium. When you also take OU Oklahoma commit off your Twitter bio, that's a big sign right there when you scrub your Insta account of your OU commitment picture slash edit, whatever you want to call it, that's a very big sign, again, that he's not coming to Oklahoma. Uh, so, and somebody was asking me, well, can they re-recruit him? Can they get back? I don't know, man. This late in the game, um, I, I I don't see it happening. So, we'll see. And I know there are some people out there, well, you never know if this kid's going to be any good or not. But, you know, I take my chances seeing his high school tape. He looks pretty good. And uh, the Sooners also have – you still have P.J. Adabare, who is a five-star ranked ahead of Colton Vosick. But think about having those guys potentially, if they do pan out, you know, as your bookend DNs for the next three or four years. Yeah, exactly. We had mm-hmm. a we had a listener say we lack dogs is what Parker is saying, and that's exactly that's, a, that's yep, exactly what sometimes you lack right now. You a, lack dogs. That's a pretty simple explanation. Now, but whoever said that, you know what? You're right. Now you got some puppies right now, mm-hmm. guys that are going to be dogs. I look at Billy Bowman. He's probably closer to a dog than anybody you have on defense right now. Billy Bowman's a good player, no doubt. Our Mason Thomas is going to be a dog. Mm-hmm. There are guys in this system. I think Gentry Williams, Robert Spears Jennings, both those guys are going to be dogs eventually. But you just don't have any of those guys right now. Well, and again, on offense, you look at a guy like uh, Javante Barnes. Uh, I think he's a dog as well. So Anthony Hill has decommitted from Texas A&M. Oh, hello. Hmm. That is significant. Well, you know where he's going, Texas. Steely. You know where that means he's going. Longhorns. You know where he's visiting this weekend. Yeah. Oh, that's tough. Man. All right. Uh, This has been... Mondays are never great, right? But this has been a tougher Monday. Jeff Ketchum wins the day. Did that feel like, and look, you know, you, not that you root and live and die without your football results, but obviously we want to cover a team that's winning more, right? I mean, it's more fun. I've always told that to people. Do you want OU, OSU, everybody to win? Uh, pretty much, yes, because it's a lot more fun than five and four. Did that one feel like the, the dagger loss of the season na- based on – Oklahoma trying to get some momentum back. Would you make that the dagger loss of the season, the Etu Brute loss? At this point, any loss the rest of the way is that loss. I mean, it was it tougher than Kansas State. Look, in TCU, you know, because Gabriel's knocked out of the game, there was no way they are going to win the game, but it wouldn't have been as bad. And the Cotton Bowl was an absolute clown show, um, obviously, and we know what happened there. But in terms of – to me, I think that was the toughest loss for Sooner fans this season. Am I right? Am I wrong? Let us know on the Air Comfort Solutions text line. 405-651-3439. Yeah, going to have to roll with the changes, man. Because this might take a while to fix unless you just win the portal big time. All right, we'll talk more about it when we get back right here on The Ref.
We always appreciate the Seth Wadley Auto Group in Paul's Valley. Our number two sponsor, Exit 72, cars, trucks, SUVs, pre-owned vehicles. They've got a great selection for you. Exit 72 in Paul's Valley at the Seth Wadley Auto Group. Parker, I had right here a bunch of sound from the game. But you know what? It feels like Do we want to revisit? Sa- sound would get in the way of the therapy session that we're going through right now. So normally I'd be throwing a little more sound out there, Ted Roof and Eric Gray and all the stuff I, I put in this morning in the production room, but it just feels like a day where we need to get to the text line. We need to get to the text line and hear from everybody out there. 405-651-3439 in the Air Comfort Solutions text line. You're wrong. TCU was up 34-10 while Gate. No, you're wrong, okay, Colonel you're, Sanders. You, Mama's right. You, you you tell me what I said that was wrong because I I didn't I, say anything about Oklahoma potentially coming back in that I TCU think game. that I said uh, it, it wouldn't have been as bad with Dylan Gabriel in there. Which it wouldn't have which been. It, yeah. Objectively, it would so not have been. So you're wrong, Colonel Sanders. Sorry, I had to uh, Yeah, no, look, I'm not – I'm not going to sit here and act like Oklahoma would have come back in that football game if Dylan Gabriel doesn't get concussed. No, they but, were getting beat. They were getting beat. Yeah, there was no doubt. Look, the statement I made was objective, which is he missed the majority of the TCU game, he missed the entirety of the Texas game, and we saw what the Oklahoma offense sans Dylan Gabriel looks like, which nah, I, there are a lot of words I could use. None of them would be uh, FCC appropriate, so I won't. How about but, absolute catastrophe? Sure, that absolute catastrophe. We'll we'll call it that. Um, this listener says it was all good until Parker cursed us with the buffalo. It meant the white buffalo. May you need to go to the Seth Wadley Auto Group? They'll give you a great deal on that. Do they have and some sage that I can burn? Maybe. You know, we need to perform an exorcism on the. Uh, I've got some holy water right here. Actually, this is Ozarka, so I'm not sure it's totally holy, but it's all right. Uh, This listener says, The only thing that gives me hope is watching how fast some teams like Tennessee have turned things around with the portal. Well, I mean, look, the portal is kind of your microwave oven to to turning things around. But, um, you know, like I said, Muleshoe, and we talked about this, when he that he was going to win football games out there. And he was going to be a story this year because there was no way to go but up. And, again, when you can get, uh, you know, that kind of offensive talent that he got through the portal, that's big. And we knew that Caleb Williams came basically to Oklahoma to play for Lincoln Riley. He was the quarterback guru. And they're, they're scoring a lot of points. And they're overcoming a very average defense out there, but a defense that has gotten a lot of turnovers. Okay. Uh, one listener says, my wife thinks I'm crazy and the bartender thinks I have a problem. It's a rough year. (laughs) I uh, tweeted out a picture of uh, our dog over the weekend because at one point I was screaming at the screen, which I try not to do. But And the dog's just kind of looking at me like, dude, seriously, it's just a football game. Okay, 405-651-3439. This listener says, without speculation and using words like I think or he has a history or in the past, give me one reason why we should feel positive about the way things are headed. Well, like, what do you want me to say at that point? I love how he dictates the terms. Yeah, if if you want me to take Brent Venable's (laughs) resume completely out of the picture and act like he's never coached a successful football team, 
then I I don't know. Look, I don't know. I don't know what answer to give you. Here's the bottom line. We don't know that Brent is the answer. We don't. He might end up being a guy who is a tremendous coordinator and a, a average football coach. But if you're asking me if I think he's going to turn the corner, I do. I do. I think it's going to take a little time. And the problem is everybody's looking at, you know, Dan Lanning and everybody's looking at Sonny Dykes. Sonny Dykes hadn't done a whole lot in his career before TCU. I mean, SMU, okay, not bad. But, you know, what about Cal? And I don't know. But we don't know the answer. I mean, we don't know. This does not look good. It doesn't give you a lot of confidence. But I still believe that Brent Venables will get this thing turned around. And I also think he's got a really good coaching staff. But – I understand the apprehension out there because I think it's crazy to all of a sudden just say, oh, yeah, there's no doubt. Brent's got this thing turned around. It's 100% a done deal. Look, you want to to talk about a boomer-doomer text. This is a boomer-doomer text right here. I feel bad for saying this, but I've lost all faith in the players, staff, and program. Hard to pull in the elite talent we need when you're showing zero improvement on the field. John Blake did it. Bob Stoops did it. John Blake did it, pulled in elite talent. Then Bob Stoops went and developed it. Yeah, John was a pretty good recruiter. Pretty good recruiter. That is is a boomer doomer. Yeah, look, these these types of spells won't last forever. They won't. I think I, I wonder how some of these people made it through the year 2009 or the year 2014. Because it hasn't been all that long, Steely, since Oklahoma was in a similar position. It's been a few years, no doubt. This isn't what folks are accustomed to in recent history. But this is not the first time that Oklahoma will go to a bowl game that is essentially meaningless, right? We've witnessed this before. At least it's not Shreveport. It might be. I don't know. It might be by the end of it. I think they're in line to go to either the Guaranteed Rate Bowl or the Liberty Bowl. So you get good barbecue in Memphis, and maybe you can play a little golf if you make the trip out to Scottsdale. Uh, another listener in the 334 says, I'm not sure what everyone expected. 40% of the roster turned over. New coaches, new system, no senior leadership that has grown up in the Brent Venable system. That right there is an excellent point. Because I don't think this it, – it, this feels very 2020 to me in the sense that this team doesn't have emotional leadership. They don't. They have a bunch of young guys – who are very, very exuberant on the sideline. Who They're is the leader on this football team? That's, Braden Willis? That is the question that I cannot answer. I do not know. And when you can't point to at least one guy that fits that category, that's a problem. That was the case in 2020, at least until Ronnie Perkins got back. Ronnie Perkins got back, that was your answer. Who is it for Oklahoma in 2022? I don't know. Probably a group between... Um, Braden Willis, maybe Deshaun White. Anybody else in the mix? Billy Bowman still relatively kind yeah, of young. That's what young I'm saying. Like, you gotta look at the seniors, you gotta look at the upper class. But look, Dylan Justin, Gabriel, you Justin know, Royals know. has he, done so much for the university. And he has a fantastic fire for the game. He's competitive as all get out. I think he tries to be that guy, but he's again, he's not a dog. And you kind of have to be a dog in order to command the type of respect that is necessary to assume that position of leadership. 
That's why Ronnie Perkins could do it. Mm-hmm. Is because, yeah, Ronnie Perkins wasn't the most leader. He was also a really good football player. Justin yeah. Rawls just isn't that guy. By the way, you know, uh, man, who's tearing it up in the NFL? Ramondre Stevenson. Uh, yeah, he is. Oh, my gosh, man. He looks big time. No doubt about it. No doubt about it. And uh, Baker came in and threw two touchdown passes. Now, they were uh, – obviously, they got waxed by the uh, Bengals, and Joe Mixon broke out of his uh, slump and scored five touchdowns for Cincinnati yesterday. But Baker, a couple touchdown passes yesterday for Carolina. Maybe he's back in there for P.J. Walker. And they play Thursday night, I believe. They have Thursday night game coming up this week. So, we'll see. Baker might be back in there. And uh, the Thursday night game – is, uh, like I said, that's Carolina hosting the uh, Atlanta Falcons coming up Thursday night. This listener says, I'm a total homer. I know that going in, but I get the feeling that Brent is legitimately trying to be patient with this and build it for long-term success. I don't know exactly how that's happening, but I tend to think that is his strategy, and we might just have to be more patient than we're comfortable with. You ready for a guy that's killed a couple engines and uh, totaled a couple cars because of that? I'm the guy who's really good with the car analogies, though. And, well, this one, I don't know if it's great. Brent's not going to fix a flat this thing. He's getting a new set of tires, man. Right? That's what they're trying to do. And when you get a new set of tires, you got to leave it in the shop for a few hours. There you go. Well, this might be in the shop for a while. You might be waiting out there in the lobby with some of that really bad coffee and a two-year-old magazine. So... 405-651-3439. 405-651-3439. That's 405-651-3439. Coming right back, Mike Steely, Parker Thune with you here on this Monday edition, the home of Sooner fans, the ref. Is that the uh, Isaiah Cole play, the heat of the moment? Is that what happened? That was not good, too. That was very costly. Yeah, it was. As were several plays throughout that football yes, game. Yes. Uh, Brent has talked about discipline time and time again. The Sooners didn't exhibit uh, very good discipline again over the weekend in the loss to Baylor. All right. Uh, I know Sooner fans aren't smiling right now, but if you want a great smile, I can recommend a great dentist, Dr. Tim Brooks up on North May in Edmond. He's my dentist. My wife asked me, why do you keep going to the dentist all the way up in Edmond? Because I love Dr. Brooks and the staff up there. They are awesome. They do a great job. 405-369-5212. That's 405-369-5212. Tim J. Brooks, DDS.com. They uh, do all kinds of things, cosmetic dentistry, Invisalign, sedation dentistry, sleep apnea and snoring treatment. They also do online smile consultation. Tim Brooks, great guy, and uh, it's such a relaxing environment up there. I know people are like, i got to go to the dentist, man, but I tell you, it's, it's tremendous up there. Dr. Tim Brooks, uh, look him up online, timjbrooksdds.com. They're up on North May and Edmond, 405-369-5212. Okay, 
like I said, we had uh, I, I had a ton of sun uh, sound ready to go today. Not a ton of sun; it's overcast outside, but a ton of sound ready to go today. But I thought, you know what? The text line. We need to just have a therapy session with Sooner fans. Now, not a creepy scary therapy session like Steve Carell and the patient where he was chained to the floor with that whacked out serial killer kid. That is a really interesting series, by the way. But um, this is just a good, you know, let's get everything off our chest Monday. The Sooner Nation is struggling and we need to help them. 405-651-3439. All right, Parker, take it away. Brent talks about discipline, but where is the accountability? That's on the text line. I mean, I, I like somebody else coming in the game or what? Do they want to run stadium steps? I don't know. I'm sure they get, you know, ripped about um, that in the film sessions quite a bit, but maybe they're just – they don't feel real good about being able to put somebody else in there in some situations. This now, is, what kind of accountability do you think should be in place? I don't know, Steely. I mean, like, I'm sure it's not all sunshine pumping in those film sessions. You could tell that was the most frustrated we've ever seen Brent Venables yes, Saturday. Yes. Right? Well, and the thing is, like, it's not just as easy as yanking David Aguebu out of the game when he screws up. Because, especially at that linebacker position, who are you going to fill it with? You know, sure, Jaron Kanick is there. And Jaron Kanick actually played quite a bit on Saturday because Aguebu, uh had to miss a portion of the game with an injury. But outside of Kanick, man, it's Kobe McKenzie and Kip Lewis, and they're the, they're the only other two scholarship linebackers on this roster. So there are holes that you need to fill in the portal this offseason. There are areas that you need to shore up so you can get more confident with your depth and be able to – play a guy in place of another guy who just isn't getting it done I will say this you know who nobody's talking about but has been playing some really good football over the last three four weeks is CJ Colden Mm -hmm. that's kind of gotten lost in all the fuss uh that was a really good portal addition via Wyoming for Oklahoma right so you can fill holes with the portal you can bring in instant impact guys via the portal but there aren't a lot of guys making that kind of impact for Oklahoma right now, Jeffrey Johnson's been invisible, man. Kanai Walker hasn't really touched the field. Obviously, yeah, that's right. Dylan Gabriel was always going to be the starting quarterback, and you've gotten a pretty good year out of him, all things considered. But, man, the transfer class from this past year just has not done a whole heck of a lot, man. Yeah, I, I think that, uh, you know, Jeffrey Johnson, I expected a little bit more. And he's made some plays, but not as many as I thought coming in from Tulane. Okay, I just saw three words. I'm over Ted. That was it. Ted Lehman or Ted Roof? I think it's Ted Roof. Ted Lehman is a legend. Ted Roof, is Ted Roof going back to the uh, scapegoat lead now? Is that what it is? Yeah. It's been all year, it's been Ted Roof or the three man fronts. Yeah, or Ted Roof and the three-man front. <laughs> That's appearing at the Ramada Inn this weekend, by the way. Uh, I forgot Jeffrey Johnson was even on the roster. Says this. Yeah, like when I say Jeffrey Johnson has been invisible, like I mean he has been invisible. 
you would not know he is on the field. What about Jacob Lacey? Yes, we were talking about that last hour. You want to fill everybody in on Jacob Lacey? Uh, transfer from Dame. Notre Dame, interior defensive lineman. Had a really good visit this past week to Oklahoma. I would say OU is in the driver's seat to get him right now. Is he a superstar? No. Is he a guy that can have an impact? Sure. But I, at this point, it's almost like you'll take any any alternative to the status quo on the defensive line. So if there's something to get excited about, it's that you got a former four-star recruit in a Notre Dame transfer in Jacob Lacey that's heavily favoring Oklahoma right now. So that's something. Uh-oh. Is there anything new on Anthony Evans? Somebody just said Anthony Evans is out too. Uh, I think that's just hysteria. He visited Georgia. I don't think he's flipping to Georgia. Uh, there's nothing. There's no credible smoke. It's literally just fans talking. That's the yeah. only. The, the, fans are the only people that believe Anthony Evans' commitment to Oklahoma is in question. A- everybody within the industry is still kind of on the same page that Evans is all in with OU. Not to say that doesn't change or that that can't change, but that's where things stand at the moment. Um, show roof the door, says this listener. And give Chavis the job to hopefully lock him up long term. I, I don't think Miguel Chavis would be first in line to be the new DC. I think that would probably be Brandon Hall or Todd Bates. Mm-hmm. So if they went in house with it, that's probably where they would look. Yeah, I'm with you on that. Okay, uh, 405-651-3439-405. Uh, here's what I think. Muleshoe knew he'd ran this program into the ground. He knew the shape everything was in and didn't want to work to fix it. Are you telling me he didn't know these guys were going to have problems as a team? The timing of his exit was not a coincidence. And I I think there's some truth I to buy that. some of that. I don't buy it hook, line, and sinker, but I buy about – yeah. Is that the only reason he left? No, I don't think so. But did that contribute? Absolutely. Because it was kind of an open secret behind the scenes that the Sooners were about to lose a whole bunch of guys to the NFL draft mm-hmm. after last year. Yep. And there was about to be a portal exodus. Marvin Mims was not coming back. Nope. And he was far from the only one. Theo Weiss was not coming back. And Muleshoe, you know, uh, they were going to the SEC as far as Muleshoe. He didn't know, I guess, at the time if it could have been this fall or the next fall. And uh, he, he ran. He ran so far away. Flock of seagulls, but um, I do think that having the uh, the chance to be the savior of USC football appealed to him too, and the money. So I the bigger issue I had was was the lies and the uh, deceit involved, and the fact that he ran. But um, again, I think more than anything else, you could tell there was some slippage going on because Oklahoma was really having to fight to win a lot of football games that they used to be on cruise control in, right? Look at last year. I mean, Caleb Williams doesn't steal the football from Kennedy Brooks. He might have lost in Lawrence, right? Not guaranteed, but the momentum was on Kansas' side. Uh, Took, again, a, a great historical comeback in the Cotton Bowl. So there was some slippage going on. And I'm with you. There was somebody on the uh, somebody on the text line saying, I just can't figure out why Oklahoma can't play defense. And to me, that is one of the great mysteries of college football, too, is why the Sooners can't be really good on defense. I know defense isn't what it used to be. It's not like when the 85 Sooners lined up 
And, you know, you they didn't spread the field as much as offensive coordinators do now, which is kind of crazy now that you think about it. But it's a mystery to me. It's a total mystery to me why that's been the case for OU for so long now. We had a listener say, dang it, Parker, make it stop. I wish I could. I'm not enjoying this either. My job is not fun right now, but, you know, this is just the reality. Yep. This is what we're all dealing with. Good one from the 918, by the way. Uh, 1983 Sooners were 8-4, 1984 Sooners 9-2-1, 85 Sooners 11-1 national title. Give Brent time. Well, and remember, Switzer had three years. Was It, it was three years in a row where he lost four games. People were wanting to run Barry Switzer out of town, you know? And Switzer had a resurgence with that recruiting class that came in and uh, led the way to, uh, again, Barry's last national championship in 1985. So, yeah, and, you know, got to bring in better players. That's I mean, that's so obvious. Here's the thing. What I don't want to happen is I don't want Colton Vosick to flip and then for people to act like this recruiting class is chopped liver. Because is it as good as it could be? No. And having guys like Vosick and DJ Hicks and Jordan Renaud in the class would be awesome. But you know what? It is what it is. Yeah. And Oklahoma's still going to have a top 10 class. They're still going to have a class that they can build a future around. You still got a guy in Jackson Arnold who's going to be a superstar at the next level. And you have several guys, including P.J. Atabare, Makari Vickers, Caden Green, that can come in and compete for playing time right off the bat. All right. Uh, from the 405, what was the Caleb Hicks tweet about? And yeah. He just said, man. And I think we, we know that's got something to do with Colton Vosick. Again, taking, uh, you know, doesn't have that he's committed to Oklahoma anymore in his Twitter feed. Also took uh, his edit picture off of Instagram. So it appears that uh, Colton Vosick, uh, we haven't seen anything official that he's decommitted yet, but it certainly looks like doesn't look like he's committed to Oklahoma anymore. Now, a couple more texts here. Uh, feel like feels like I've been watching crap defense since 2008. Yeah, well, there's a lot of truth to that. Uh, when I played college football, says one listener, if you took plays off or lined up wrong week after week, you lost your job to everybody behind you until they found somebody that wanted to play. Freshman, band member, it didn't matter. These upper-class starters have zero accountability. And, look, I I can't disagree with that. I can't. I think it's long past time for some of these younger guys to start getting their shot. All right, we got to take a break right here. I remember the Barry Barry bumper stickers. Yes, I remember those too. And I remember on the radio, Switzer quit smoking cigarettes on the sidelines. Maybe they'd win some football games. I mean, it got that ridiculous. So, believe it or not, Barry Switzer had a little uh, valley um, on on his resume too, where they had lost, um, you know, three years in a row. I think it was four games. So they came back, came back big time, won the title in '85. All right, break time right here. Mike Steeler, Parker Thune. Dazed and confused, sometimes that's the OU defense as to what they're doing out there. We'll be right back. Here on the Home of Sooner Fans, that would be the Ref Radio Network.
We are back. Don't fear the Reaper. Sooner's going to win out, right? Maybe. We'll see. It did sound like when you said Ted Roof and the three-man front that that was a vocal group that was going to be appearing like a barbershop quartet or something. Ted Roof and what now? Ted Roof and the three-man front. <laughs> Sounds like a 50s, 60s vocal group, doesn't it? By oh. the way, somebody now, somebody you- pointed out over the weekend, somebody pointed out to me the resemblance between Ted Roof and Joe Madden, and I can't unsee that now. Yeah, well, yeah, that's that's pretty good, pretty good. The, the glasses are a little bit different, but yeah. Uh, I tell you what, the problem is, old Ted Roof and Three Man Front, they didn't have many hits, if you know what I mean. Okay, back to the text line. Parker, you said if Vosick leaves, we'll still have a good class. Here's my problem with that comment. Yes, it will still be a good class, but when you look at this team, what's the biggest problem with it? I'll tell you, it's the D-line. The D-line is absolute trash, so what we need is defensive guys in the trenches. If Vosick leaves, that leaves us with one interior guy and one edge guy. That class is no better than any class that Tebow ever had, just a bunch of offensive guys. No, look, I hear you. I'm 100% in agreement. But I think what you also have to consider is that you have young guys on the roster right now that are going to get better, could get a lot better. Our Mason Thomas, as we mentioned, is going to be a dog. And also... You have the transfer portal. You can go to the portal and fill holes. And the Sooners are going to need to do that. They're going to have to make that a priority. Depending on how the rest of this class shakes out, look, you got LeBlanc, you got Adebare. Uh, assuming a Vosik decommitment, at that point, the I, gosh, I don't even know what the backup plan is. I don't know what it would be. I think it probably starts with trying to flip Jordan Allen from Kansas State. But... The Sooners are going to have an opportunity over the last month and a half of this cycle to work some magic and try and beef up the class as far as the defensive line is concerned. Look, if Texas flips Vosick, two can play that game. Oh, you can go and flip somebody else. Again, I can't give you a name. I don't know who it might be. I just know that the University of Oklahoma and the brand that it has, it still matters in the landscape of college football. It It still carries a lot of weight. This 5-4 and four stretch for Oklahoma, has it caused some of the luster to tarnish? Perhaps. But it hasn't completely diminished it. Yeah. And so, between what's left of this recruiting cycle and the transfer portal, I do think there is an opportunity still for Oklahoma to address their shortcomings and their lack of depth up front on the defensive line. But that is the thing that needs fixed more so than anything else right now. I'm 100% in agreement with you. Somebody was asking on the uh, Air Comfort Solutions text line, could Caleb Hicks' tweet be about Anthony Hill since they're teammates? Maybe, I guess, maybe. I uh, I don't know. That's a, that's a very good question. Uh, somebody was also asking, Caleb Hicks to Texas with Anthony Hill. No. No, I don't think Caleb Hicks even has a Texas offer. Yeah. And Texas has two running backs committed yeah. already. I thought they so had. I would, yeah, they have Cedric Baxter committed. They have Trey Wisner committed. I would not worry about Caleb Hicks. You can't really take three running backs in a class. It's kind of difficult. Yeah. 
Okay, uh, 405-651-3439. And, and maybe the texter was just asking, maybe the uh, the tweet from Caleb Hicks was more about Anthony Hill decommitting than uh, Vosick's situation. Because we haven't seen any official decommitment from Colton Vosick, but it does look unusual that he took Oklahoma, the commitment uh, to Oklahoma off his Twitter yeah. bio and off Instagram. This listener in the 405 says, I'm tired of hearing this team's faults fall all on the defense. The offense has been trash in the last two games besides the running game. That's about the only thing that's been worth a flip this season consistently. Did I miss the part where they had 499 yards of total offense, zero of which came in garbage time on Saturday, Steely? Yeah. The offense looked pretty good to me. There were turnovers. Mm -hmm. Two of them were just kind of unavoidable. They just kind of happened. The third third turnover was a bad interception by Dylan Gabriel. And Jeff, let me acknowledge it. He said, look – he hadn't done that so far this year, but he screwed up on that play, and he knows it. And so, you know, was it perfect offensively? Absolutely not on Saturday. But it was good enough to – it should have been good enough to win the football game. You, uh, you you really don't worry a bunch about the offense. You worry more about the defense. But what I do worry about with the offense is, if you're an Oklahoma fan, the fact that they can – you know, Dylan hadn't had huge – you know, Turned it over in Kansas. One of those was a fluke also. But he's starting to turn the ball over. But they also sometimes can't push it in in the red zone. Uh, and, the, again, you've got uh, – they've had a bunch of big plays they haven't been able to make that they just – you know. Although, hey, nice to see Marvin Mims on the end of that long throw from Dylan Gabriel over the weekend. So, I told you that OU will fall out of the top ten recruiting this year. They're losing everyone and not gaining anyone. Boomer Doomer. Boomer Doomer. Boomer Doomer. Boomer Doomer. We need a theme song for the Boomer Doomers. Well, maybe that can be your I mean, it, project tomorrow morning. I'm not saying, Nick, could they top drop out of the top ten? I mean, it's possible. I think they would have to uh, do more losing, which you know, could happen. We'll see. It's been what a year, man. What a year. Okay, want to thank our friends at the Seth Wadley Auto Group in Paul's Valley, X72, for a great deal from our friends at the Seth Wadley Auto Group. Riverwind Casino, Bedlam Beats and Bites, Friday, November 18th. Get your tickets online, only five bucks a piece at riverwind.com or at the casino box office. Riverwind Casino, simply the best. Stay tuned, locked in, coming up next. <laughs> 